Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 13 in the 50 most relevant is Carlton captain Patrick Cripps. Hello, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel, my friend. We are at the pointy end of my 50 most relevant list where I've tried to combine AFL fantasy, dream team, and super coaching kind of create a universal who I believe are the most relevant players for salary cap coaches in 2019. Joining me to talk about Patrick Cripps is a man that probably loves him more than anybody else on the planet. I'm talking about the Rain Man. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well, MJ. Really looking forward to talking about my boy. Yeah, I know. You're excited about it. He is one of the most dominant players, not just midfielders, one of the most dominant players in the league and just straight out of the gate, he is worth every single cent it's going to cost you to get him because he is only just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. This 23-year-old Carlton midfielder has some plenty of upside and plenty of good stuff to talk about. Last year, his best score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was a 1-6-2 against the Gold Coast. Not many players can match that sort of ceiling. And a seasonal average in AFL Fantasy of 109.3, which means in that format and in Dream Team, he's going to set you back around about $790,000, depending on which of the format you play. It's a little more or a little less. While in Supercoach, his best game came against the Magpies last year, a massive 187 and a seasonal average of 119 he is going to cost you nearly $650,000 but when we talk about Patrick Cripps he's one of the most damaging players in the league because Rain Man from as a midfielder he can do it all yeah he really can and it, it, he's just getting better as you said he's just about to turn 24 He's 193 centimetres, 95-odd kegs, as bigger than Nick Rewald was in his prime. Um, And he's running through the mids and just attaching his hands to everything. He has no problem um, clunking the Dukes um, outside. Whether it be those odd moments, he is given an opportunity to rest from carrying the Carlton midfield. Uh, We see him when he does spend some time forward being a real dominant presence, has no problems getting on the outside of it as well. That's been certainly a a growth area over his um, past few years. But it really, Rain Man, it's on the inside of the contest where we see just how combative, how competitive, and almost how unstoppable he is in the contest. Yeah, that's right. And if you look at his numbers across last year, um, we know that he's great on the inside. But just to kind of demonstrate, second most clearances, the third most centre clearances, um, the fifth most stoppages, the most contested possessions, and the eighth most tackles. And I think the really interesting thing, and I know we've probably, and you've talked a lot, MJ, around some of the changes that are coming through across 2018, uh, 2019, I should say. I feel like the AFL are trying to introduce a more free-flowing game that mm. has more scoring. More scoring means more centre bounces, which means more contested possession for Patrick Cripps, which has got to be a win. And one of the things when we talk about, I do want to look and drill down in some of his um, fantasy numbers in just a moment, but uh, the look at the pure volume of ball that he wins certainly does mean he gets negative and defensive attention from opposition midfielders. But really, it's one or two taggers last year that you could probably say had the better of him last year. 
And as he continues to develop, you're right, he's just 23, nearly 24. As he continues to get better, not only is he going to find a way to work through them more, there really is only one tagger in the first eight weeks of the year that would put you some level of doubt in your mind to think it's going to impact him. But outside of that, he's as close to as an unstoppable midfielder as you can get right now in the league. Yeah, and look, we talk around players that can't be tagged. Yeah. And it's always, it can sometimes be a misnomer. And most of those players are your players like your Josh Kelly or your Jack McRae who can just run forever. Um, Cripper isn't one of those, but he's just such a beast. He ragged goals, taggers around him. The only one that got hold of him last year was George Hewitt, and he really got hold of him. Mm. Um, that's a different conversation around how Sydney structured their midfield moving into next year. But you're right, he does have Jacobs, I think, in about round seven. Yeah, correct. Um, I think with the changes Colton have made in the off-season to their list, he has better support this year, which will only make him stronger. Yeah, I think so. And look, the fact he doesn't just determine to win the ball um, like a Matt Crouch, builds a lot of his possession from inside the contest and he's scoring from inside the contest. Um, Cripps has got far superior tackle numbers than Matt Crouch, who we revealed yesterday. You know, um, averages six tackles per game and in seven games last year, he laid nine or more. So not only is when he's in the contest winning the ball, if for whatever reason he's second to it, he's certainly able to crack in and, and build some tackle pressure through there. Uh, let's talk about some of those numbers because he's been long regarded as a super coach only player, probably prior to last year. Um, and, and that's fair enough. But what we got to see last year is he kind of blew that perception out of the water in AFL fantasy and dream team. He averaged 109 across the year, 14 tons, five of them over 130. And that included a 162 against the Suns. Oh, and for the record, his Final 11 games of the year, 10 of them were tons, and that one that wasn't is a 96. So we're seeing a guy now who's not just super coach relevant, but he's AFL fantasy and dream team relevant. Yeah, and that's spot on. And across those last 11 games in fantasy and dream team, averaging 118. So, I mean, they're ridiculous numbers. And I think if it, the interesting thing is if you compare his 2017 to 2018, across most of the key indicators and stats, He's actually fairly level, yeah. where his game actually went up four extra handballs a game. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but from an AF, AF and Dream Team sense, you know, eight or nine points per game, yeah. and then you rack a contested number on that in Supercoach, and that's where you start to see that. And that's part of him building that base and building his support and understanding. I think the other point you mentioned a minute ago, MJ, when you talked around how he's not an accumulator, he can do it all. The other really interesting thing is he's starting to play more up forward as well. Mm. So there were only nine games last year that he played in that he didn't either, either score a goal or behind. That game where he had the monster score against Collingwood, he kicked three goals, one. Yeah. And Bolts is already talking around interchanging and using he and Charlie Kerno um, between that mid and that kind of forward arc, which is a scary proposition for both of my boys, uh, <laughs> but potentially moving forward for what that does to the AFL and both of their scores. Yeah, I think so. Look, I can tell you now, Matt Kerno doesn't make the 50 most relevant, much to the breaking of your heart, <laughs> but that's okay. In terms of Supercoach last year, 1600s, four of them were over 150. So not, not I know sometimes we talk about 120s as kind of that scoring marker that you're looking for from a captaincy. When you've got a guy that, you know, kind of, a quarter of his tons, a 150. That's a scary ceiling. Two of those were over 170. 
and just the one score all year below 90. So we're talking high ceiling, hundreds consistently through the year, and a fantasy basement that meaning as you select him, or even if you choose to captain him for whatever reason, it's not going to be a score that destroys your score and your rankings week in, week out. Yeah, bang on. And then you talk around those numbers, and particularly those super coach numbers are unbelievable. He gets 173% of the time. When he does get 100, he averages 129 in yeah. super coach. And he's, he had an insane seven-game streak, starting at about 187 against Collingwood, where across the next seven games, his average was 137. Yeah, look, he's got ceiling across all formats, absolutely. Um, that strong basement, which meaning it's not going to hurt you as an owner, a la what can happen, such as a Dane Zorko. His durability, you'd probably say across his footy career, it's a pass given three of his last four seasons. He's played 20 games or more. So it's really been only one substantial injury that impacted his 2017 season. Outside of that, nothing to really be too concerned about over the past handful of seasons. And he becomes a genuine captaincy option, something that I know we've spoken about before, Rain Man, and in other 50 Most Relevant podcast episodes. Without the perma-captain Tom Mitchell this year, you need, in your starting squad, three or four guys that pretty much every week you feel could carry the captaincy for you because the variations, now that not everyone's locking in Tom Mitchell week in, week out, I mean, you need those choices because if you get a top, a, a difficult matchup for a Brody Grundy or a difficult matchup for a Josh Kelly, you need these multiple options that can carry the double points for you. Yes, you may have the rolling lockout, which helps, but having someone like Cripps, who is a genuine captain's option in all formats, is a huge help for you. Yeah, and that's that's right. And I think the two things that you're looking for in those genuine captain options are ceiling and durability. Yes. And you've just talked about both of those. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's a great option. Yeah, there, there's a minimal tag concern, if any, with him. So I, I don't think that's enough to detract why you should look for him. I, I think the, probably the two question marks we need to discuss, and they're not question marks about whether he's a good player. There's two question marks I'm keen to get your take on around him is there's been some changes to that Carlton midfield unit. Um, Will Setterfield is certainly a part of that. Sam Walsh has been included as a draftee, as has a, a stocker. Uh, probably the, the most notable inclusions, with many expecting Nick Newman, who we featured earlier in the 50 Most Relevant, to, to play some level of defensive 50 kind of role, maybe off the wings. But do you see any of these new names impacting the volume of fantasy output we get from uh, Patrick Cripps, or, or only adding an, a layer of support to what really is a a developing young midfield? Yeah, look, I think it's actually the latter. I think Setterfield's the key. Um, I think he's a very similar player to Cripps. He's a big-bodied, um, frees his arms up, and will actually help out um, in the clinches. I think the additions you've mentioned are good. They're kids. The other one that I, I think will be really good and a bit of an interrupted developing year is Matt Kennedy. Yeah. So he's not the world's greatest footballer, but he's a crash and bash. Yeah. And that actually helps Cripps. And I think the maturity of some of the young guys on the outside, um, so Zach Fisher, Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, to name a couple, 
um, really help his numbers as well because we saw last year that he averages around 12 points better in fantasy and dream team with Murphy in the side than without. Yeah. So when he has that outside run to help support, that actually increases his numbers. So given the people that you've mentioned there, plus potentially a Gibbons coming in from the VFL, another big body, mm. um, I think that only helps him. Yeah, and then, then the only thing else you've got to left to factor because he, he does tick all the boxes for you as a fantasy football coach is now looking at a buy structure perspective. You've got to be able to, and because he does have the final buy round for us, it means um, it's a later in the year. If you're choosing to upgrade to him, it's later in the year that you're going to get to him if he's an upgrade target. So you look at some of the popular names, some we've included in the 50 most relevant, perhaps others are to come. But Matt Crouch, we revealed yesterday, Rory Sloan earlier in the 50 most relevant, Dustin Martin, Stephen Cornelio, uh, Josh Kelly, we haven't seen him uh, maybe yet, maybe at all in the 50 most relevant. Um, there are so many names, and yes, I know the Gold Coast are there and North Melbourne, but they're, they're not really guys that are worth talking about through the midfield um, at this point of the 50 most relevant. It starts to become a question, doesn't it, Rain Man, like we spoke yesterday about Matt Crouch's, which of these guys can you afford to wait on? Which of them are going to hurt you not to own for longer? Because you can only start so many of them in your midfield starting squad. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and I think someone like Crouch is probably a good comparison. Whilst they're very different players, Crouch doesn't have a lot of variability. Standard deviation is quite low. Mm. Um, so it, it means he doesn't ever really become out of reach. Whereas we've just highlighted that Crips can go on a tear. Yeah. You know, where he's pump, pumping those 187s or 173s, that can then make him really unfordable really quickly. And we just don't know when that is going to happen. So I think the um, veering on the side of caution is to start Crips because I just don't see, and I know I'm hugely biased, sure. I just don't <laughs> see the downside. Yeah, well, there's not because there's proven history over the past couple of years, most evident over last year, of just how good of a fantasy football in every single format he is. And so it does become a... All right, you look at the round 14, um, which is the guy that by the time it gets to round 15, who are you going to need in your side for longer? Is Cripps more likely to hurt you than Matt Crouch across every format? Probably. You, you could build that case. Um, is Sloan more likely to hurt you? Probably not. He gives you more value. But at this point, when you're spending this amount of money, you're not looking for value. You're looking for hundreds consistently and captaincy options, not value. Yep, completely agree. Uh, for me right now, he's locked into my super coach side. Um, I'd expect him to be not just the same for you, mate, in super coach, but in every format. Yep, first pick. <laughs> yeah, I thought as much. Look, I, I think if he's not in your starting squad, chances are you're going to want him. Um, it's just how long in the year can you leave it before you get him? Um, yep. And and maybe you'll get lucky that a, that a, someone gets a hold of him as a tag or he has a game where he gets like a, a little tweak to the, the ankle that means he has to play forward. He's actually fine, but has to play a bit forward. Maybe you'll get lucky like that and get him a little bit cheaper than you should. But I think a lot of fantasy coaches are going, look, if I don't start him, I'm going to get him in. It's just a question of how much it hurts you in that gap if you do choose to upgrade to him. Yeah, he's he's the midfield Brody Grundy in yeah. that sense. All right, there you go. The next question to talk about is drafts. Uh, for me, he is an absolute bankable M1 selection in your draft league. And really, you can build a case in every format. He needs to be gone inside the top 10 picks. Yeah, and look, a super coach 
Definitely. Yeah. He's not in the first four picks. You know, there's something wrong. I think there could be an argument that he could potentially slide a teeny bit, and I'm talking to the start of round two mm. in Dream Team, uh, depending on how structure runs, particularly around defenders, which we've talked about a few times where you all think there'll be a bit of a run on the top four or five defenders. So he could be, you know, you pick 13, pick 14, but if you could pick up a a Rory Laird and then a Patrick Cripps. I think you're doing really well for yourself. That's going to be the place, isn't it? In, in Dream Team Fantasy, Ultimate Footy sort of drafting, um, he, he's probably not a, a top three selection. It, it feels pretty common across most draft simulations you watch or mock drafts. It seems pretty stock standard that it's McRae, that it's Grundy, and it's Dangerfield across most drafts uh, in, yep. in that scoring format. And then it does start to open up. Um, and, and I agree. I think anywhere from about pick five to about 14, depending on the depth of squads and, and how many players are in the coach. Yeah, he, he's a late, a mid to late first. You know, and if he's not gone early second, you might need to check your pulse and see if you're breathing. <laughs> yep. All right, mate. And in an existing keeper league, because I think in a new keeper league, it's a very similar position. In an existing keeper league, and while anyone's gettable, it, you've got to probably pay well and truly overs to get him out of the existing coach's hands. Yeah, two words. Good luck, I think. Yeah. Like we're talking a, a top five midfielder in, in every format and still got arguably growth in him and that's yep. scary given what his kind of average point is already yep all right good luck hey mate uh, appreciate you spending some time i've got i ain't got no problem spending 20 minutes talking about patrick cripps rain man uh, awesome appreciate it mj thanks mate thank you for taking the time to chat to us through who i've got at number 13 in the 50 most relevant yeah yeah we've got the big boys now coming through and the scary thing is if he's at 13 who makes the top 12? you got to keep listening and uh, getting these podcasts uh, via Spotify or iTunes to find out for sure. If you're just new to the Coaches Panel or been listening for a while and haven't yet given a five-star rating or review, we'd certainly love if you could take the time and go and do that. You can go and check out the article on Patrick Cripps and all the others of the 50 most relevant at coachespanel.tv. The top 12 players yet to be revealed and tomorrow... It gets even bigger and better than Patrick Cripps. 